Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Our Way. Today is the 28th of September, 2020. I'm Flo. And I'm Sam. And today, let's change things up a bit and talk about something relatively new to both of us. So a couple of weeks ago, I found out about this concept of anti-fragility. And basically, I got really excited because I really resonate with this theory um, and this concept just in generally. And there's not too, too much research on it at the moment. Um, but I got Sam to have a look at it, and I really wanted to hear live what his reaction and analysis of it. So Sam, yeah, what did you think? <laughs> okay, so backstory to this. So when did you tell me about anti-fragility? Was it last week or the week yes. before? Uh, I think I mentioned it potentially <clears throat> a little bit before last week's podcast recording. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think neither neither of us really had time to do too much yep. about it. But then when we were planning this week's one, yep. we were so, like, yeah, yeah, let's do deep dive. So, oh. so basically, Flo told me about anti-fragility and got mm-hmm. super hyped about it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, my, my expectations are very high. I'm going to go into this... Um, I'm going to go into this with very high expectations, yeah. expecting this to like blow my mind. Um. I, I did a quick Google search while we were while she introduced it to me, and mm-hmm. the first name that popped up was um, other than the the author of the the person who wrote um, came up with the concept was Jonathan Haidt, which is like a psychologist or philosopher mm-hmm. that I really admire. So mm-hmm. it got me kind of hooked. So <laughs> I I I can I agree I'm very interested in mm. the, in the topic. Oh but yes. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, do you want to start the explanation or do you want me to do it? No, I actually wanted to hear what your your thoughts in like okay. how you came through it and everything because because I obviously have my own take already. Um, but I, I just purely from a okay that you got interested, you saw it and then you got interested as well in it, and it's kind of like justifying my experience as well. Um, but I do want to quickly note, I do apologize for my audio. If you do hear construction in the background, there is some late night construction happening mm. around my area. But yes, continue, okay. please. Do you guys. All right, so anti-fragility. Mm-hmm. Um, did a bit of research. I watched a few videos of... Um, um, the guy who wrote, wrote up concepts. So mm-hmm. the person who, would you say invented? Not really invented. He coined the term. He coined the term anti-fragility. The person who wrote like seven books on this is called um, Abdul Nassim Taleb or something. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So basically anti-fragility, how he always starts his talks about this is he he always asks the audience, um, what does fragile mean? And fragile just means... Um, easily broken, right? Mm-hmm. And when we ask someone what the opposite of fragile is, the our natural response is, I'm not sure why, is always robust. But robust no. means... What? I, well, I got asked the exact same question when mm-hmm. I fo- first got told, like, uh, or s- first got told about this concept. It's like, mm-hmm. what's your, what's the opposite of fragility? And I mentioned, I was like, oh, um, things that don't break easily. And then I, the more I thought about it and the more that yep. I discussed about it, it actually depends. It depends on, you know, the what what's being broken and why it's being broken. and But what exactly is the opposite type thing? But yeah, continue. Yeah, but I, I think this is more of a general term, right? When you, mm-hmm. let, let's say you say a, pa- a package is fragile. Fra- fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, you, that means a, a little bit of pain um, hurts that object a, a lot. 
right? Yeah, yeah. And robust is when pain, um, a little bit of pain doesn't affect the 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 object. Mm -hmm, but if mm -hmm. it's if it's by definition, if it's opposite, uh, what um something that's anti fragile, what's opposite of fragile would be a bit of pain making it stronger. Mm -hmm, right. Exactly. So that is what anti fragile is. Mm. So that like this is a kind of a mathematical definition, right? Mm -hmm. And this this is why I made this is why it made me pretty interested in the topic. I mm -hmm. never thought I never thought about this. How mm. robust is not really the opposite of fragile. So mm. this this mm. got me kind of hooked. Mm. So how that translates to um um our lives like. Um, how we look at our careers, et cetera. That's that's what I'm I'm expecting you want to discuss. <laughs> well, not necessarily just about career, but I think the concept itself. It's to me it, when I first heard of it, I was just like, oh, this is the new next level, like jacked up growth mindset. <laughs> yeah, and so I got really excited from that. Um, but yeah, the the pretty much that's pretty much spot on. Anti fragility as a coin as a coined by the concept by describe things that benefit from pressure, chaos, or stressors mm -hmm. um, that we naturally actually some most of the time actually avoid because mm -hmm. humans naturally we don't like getting hurt. <laughs> mm -hmm. But so, yeah, but using but this concept kind of tells us that having pain, not having stressors and having pain actually makes it stronger so really um it's really like that that term what doesn't kill me kill you makes you makes stronger. you stronger literally yeah. <laughs> yeah. so and in in like the talks that i listen to he, he goes in a lot a lot of examples which are really interesting so mm. one example that he went into is that i think is really really interesting is with peanut peanut allergies Oh yeah, I saw yes. that one. So peanut allergies, we've actually um got gotten more, like more allergic as a as a species. We've gotten more allergic to to peanuts mm -hmm. over the like past few few hundred years, which is kind of strange, right? If you think about it, because how how evolution works. We're meant is, to be getting stronger, not weaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How evolution works is we're supposed to um the like this is gonna sound so bad. The weak ones, which are the ones who um. <laughs> Are allergic to peanuts are supposed to die out, and the <laughs> ones who are not are supposed to live on, right? And then pass yeah. their their yeah um, survival of the fittest yeah peanut um, immune genes onto the their offspring and so on. <laughs> so because deficiencies <laughs> yeah so because we as a society has uh like are growing to be more like um like a coddling type of society we we coddle for the weak. We, mm -hmm. we understand like oh the not the weak the people with um it sounds so bad i was about to say disability <laughs> there's a better word for it there's uh, i was gonna be like first thing that came to mind while you were trying to say that i was like disability shortcoming <laughs> yeah short uh, shortcoming sounds, shortcoming handicap handicap a bit better yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so we as a society who um we it's actually really good to um cater for those handicaps but mm -hmm. because a side effect of that is um we become more exposed to to the handicap because of that mm -hmm. so it's actually really interesting 
So mm. um, then he talks about this, exper this exper experiment where there's two groups of kids mm -hmm. and one group of kids, they, they don't give them any peanuts and the other group of kids, um, they gave them a very small amount of peanuts and after a few years, the group who has not received any peanuts, um, I think maybe like 17%, I can't remember exact numbers, but like around 15 or 17% of them have peanut allergies. But mm. the group with the um, kids that peanut did, did exposure. get peanuts, peanut yeah. exposure, um, <laughs> only 3% has a yeah. pe have peanut allergies. So it's a very big difference. So it's very interesting. Mm. And if you put that to scale, it's like, you know, a million people mm -hmm. in a population and sample size, like that 3% to that, when I was 17% or whatnot, it's quite a big jump. Mm -hmm. And and it's the same thing. It's like um, your immune system in terms of what you're exposed to. I think one of the things that like come to mind with this concept and the same kind of example is that right now, because of COVID-19 mm. and everyone being a lot more careful going out and about um, in Australia, certain states are allowed to still go out and about. Um, and now everyone's using, heavily using hand sanitizers, masks and everything. Mm. So what's going to happen next? It's what's going to happen to our immune systems because we're no longer exposed. We've been kind of like living in a bubble. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember which movie that is, but... Um, is it happy? No, not happy. It's one of the movies that like a kid basically grows up in a bubble, a bubble boy or something like that. And then, so what's going to happen really after COVID, we find a cure and everything, it's ended. How will the developmental of the people who've just given birth, actually, all COVID babies? Mm. Like, how, how is this all going to mm. be changed and everything? Because they're like uh, very prenatal, very early stages of your life is... Yep in a very, very confined or well, not even confined it's just very uh controlled space mm. and you're not normally uh, which you're normally exposed to like all the normal daily day-to-day -day things it's, what's the change it's going to be and how will this impact the yep. next generation that's that's really interesting we you brought that up because i didn't link it to covid so that and you talking about that kind of reminds me of this um this article that i read mm -hmm. ages years ago i don't remember but it's mm -hmm. about this guy who is this homeless guy mm -hmm. um i'm not sure where exactly he was maybe in the states i don't know so he was homeless and have, haven't take hasn't taken a shower in like three years or something uh -huh. so he, was, he was covered in dirt yeah and covered in like yeah he's covered in dirt um just he was just filthy mm -hmm. and he hasn't taken shower for three years and mm -hmm. when they found him and wanted to help him mm -hmm. they gave him a shower and after he, because he, he um he got a shower they the the dirt kind of the dirt um, shield came off his skin and because of that he was he got an infection and died because of it oh my goodness so basically yeah. his dirt protective suit <laughs> Pretty much. Oh goodness. Yeah. So, kind of sad. Yeah, it's just kind of like catch twenty two. You just can't win type thing, right? Yeah. But I guess that's also like the way that society is. It's um, 
you move through and you do certain things in a certain way and everyone gets used to them because it's safer um it protects people from other things like like other examples of where anti-fragility uh, can be applied it's like bullying for example <laughs> they are saying that how your day-to-day -day life as growing up as a kid um probably for our parents generation or the generations before you know you go out you play you get hurt you get exposed to a lot mm -hmm. of bullying or teasing and things like that but you in the end you get thicker skin right mm -hmm. whereas nowadays if you think about the schooling system and and i guess the rules about yes even though they they are warranted their cyberbullying is intense but for example people hiding the internet away from people till much much later age or um like if they say one little bad thing about another kid on the playground then it's just like oh no that's bullying type thing mm -hmm. it's it's like taken almost too seriously to the point where they don't even learn how to adapt to those kinds of things when yeah. they are exposed to it in a later state um yeah. through their life but, so yeah, yeah any any type of um uh, adversity adversity yes you just you can't deal with it because yeah. yeah from a young age you've been um growing up with like if anything goes wrong someone will take care of it mm -hmm. and make sure like make sure it's right so yeah and um, that's a huge thing for that's adversity is such a huge part of growing mm -hmm. and this i definitely have experienced more and more like throughout my life but especially in my later stages of life, it's like you realize and you compare it to your friends and like what stage of life that they're at and everything. Um, those who experience adversity or go through their own struggles and they're able to come out of those struggles as well, they've learned how to deal with those types of things. And so they're mm -hmm. no longer so sensitive or yep. um, easily hurt by the same things. And then another example of, I guess how anti-fragility is a good thing. It's like, even though it was a terrible event, like 9-11, for example, mm -hmm. but the way that we lived post 9-11, in terms of like airport security and et cetera, mm -hmm. the way that we operate in terms of safety and everything, just completely changed. The standards change. And it's the yep. same thing as when this COVID thing ends, we'll have a new standard, standardized hygiene rules hygiene, and things yep. like yeah. Which is going to be huge. So it really like it's it's that um, Abdul Nasim Taleb, the 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 author of the books who, of mm -hmm. this concept, also likes to likes to say this others likes this term not term um sentence. What what kills you makes others stronger. What kills you makes others stronger. Yeah. So Elaborate. in in this context, it, the people who died from COVID made pe the people who survived, survived because because of their death and it becomes being such a statistic like so many people have de died from it mm. uh, the, the, the living who haven't died yet are scared of it so they improve their hygiene um quality mm, and so going, on the future, going on to the future because we know yeah. that um covid is such a big threat of pandemic is such a big threat we we keep in mind um high of hygiene in like every aspect of our lives so mm. it sounds really bad but it's uh, i guess it's the, way, it's the way it is 
it's the the fear of the cost of what will happen mm -hmm. if we do not do something about it now mm -hmm. pretty much yeah but yeah it's just that you just know for a fact that after once covid ends and everything mm -hmm. all this pandemic ends we're just going to be like oh how's it all going to work um nasim talib constantly because he um was a stock trader before i believe mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. prior to him writing all these books but he talks about like the financial institutions, the banks and things like that. It's like, there's also a concept where humans tend to like to avoid the bad things that are happening. They kind of live in denial. They don't like things to naturally happen. So they'll stop it from happening, mm -hmm. which I don't want to go too much into it. It's kind of like what happened in America with stock markets and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like bailouts and things like that. It's, it's, human intervention into something that's supposed to, you know, naturally happen and things like that. There's a reason why we have crashes and things like that. We weed out the structural issues that, you know, the weaker firms get killed out pretty much so that they don't bring the structural problems into the wider market and then build it back up. Um, one of the parts that uh, he talks about is that size brings fragility. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mistakes are bigger or have bigger impacts when the size of the object or the size of the whatever we're placing fragility upon um, bigger. So, for example, a decentralized system, mistakes are scary, but they're less impactful. Whereas a mistakes of a centralized system could pretty much collapse the entire system, which are like mm -hmm. financial crises or governments and such and such. And it's just... It just makes so much more sense and it's just like why haven't we coined the term earlier <laughs> hmm. it's i don't want to get too deep like too deep into this but it's like then we then this conversation goes into like what is the right way right size of mm. a, a business a bank or a government mm. because um taleb himself he he says he really likes bottom-up governments right mm -hmm. and Obviously, like most, pretty sure ninety percent of ninety nine percent of the countries in the world have a top down government. Mm, mm. And he says um, a bottom up, like a small government, like just maybe in a city, would be really good. I think I agree. I'm not mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. because I've never seen anything in like that in action yet. So mm -hmm. I don't know. But <laughs> it it makes sense. It does make sense to me. Mm. Did you? Um... So, so what do you, what is the difference between resilience and anti fragility? Resilience. So, yeah. Do you... So, for example, when you throw a glass bottle, um, or you throw someone into a um, a stressful state type thing, mm -hmm. right? And they come out of it. People say like, "Oh, you're resilient," mm. right? So what's what's the difference between that think, and the concept of anti-fragility? I think resilient is just another word for robust, right? Yeah. It's I think the the easiest way I can define it is like re resilience is the ability to bounce back but to a neutral state. Mm -hmm. So like nothing really changes, you just go back to your neutral state, right? So it's like you recover from it. So it and doesn't that's it. you're resilient if if nothing hurts you. Uh no, not quite not nothing hurts you, just yeah, you just get back on your feet and like mm -hmm. you get knocked out and you get up on your feet and you're, you're still good type thing. Whereas anti-fragility is about the ability to bounce back or bounce back 
better because mm-hmm. of a stressful environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of um when I was doing research on this topic, I, I this actually reminded me of another th- another topic that I did research on a few maybe a few years ago mm-hmm. called um, proximal development. Ooh, what's that? So what proximal development is is um, it's like I don't remember that much from it, but it's like it's a like skill too difficult to master, but can be done with guidance and encouragement Mm -hmm. so let's say um a child's like trying to learn how to ride a bike Mm -hmm. um obviously like the child can't go onto the two onto two wheels immediately right because it's just Mm -hmm. too hard and Mm -hmm. in the context of anti-fragility it's there's too much stress there's too much stress Mm -hmm. in that situation Mm -hmm. so you need to start with the the training wheels the training wheels Mm -hmm. um then slow then slowly you move up to maybe take take the training wheels away and but with someone holding you mm. then slowly you you have the person holding you but let go a bit and you and slowly you let the person let let's go let goes a bit, bit longer bit. And, it's more of a yeah, gradual exactly transition so, exactly so what proximal development is in that context is when we're trying to learn something and improve right Mm-hmm. We we can't just stay in the same spot. We need to put a bit of stress onto ourselves, but we can't put too much stress. So um, it needs to be in the like in the like a golden zone. So it's kind of like a <laughs> it's like a medicated drip version of of stress levels and things like that. So yeah. you kind of like here's a little bit, here's a little bit harder. It's like a step by step thing. I guess, yeah. Maybe there's a like a golden number for, like, if you're, uh, let's say, five out of ten, a five out of ten bike rider, and you, you want to improve, and every time you, okay, never mind, scratch you're this up a notch. example. No, yeah. it, no, I get what you mean. If you gamified yeah. it, it's like a difficulty level type mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah. yeah, and you yeah, have exactly. you have a hand holding type thing, then bit by bit, it's kind of like uh, you can think of it as like um like learning in terms of training in an, any new job mm-hmm. like you'll learn your systems and everything you do your training and then you'll be shadowing and supervisors and then eventually your supervisor will let you take over something hopefully but um throughout their process it. throughout their process you need to be able be, um you need to be given responsibility as well though right mm. because yeah. if you don't have responsibility you're not stressed if you're not yeah. stressed according to this theory you, you're not gonna you're not gonna grow you're not gonna grow you're not gonna learn mm-hmm exactly you won't be able to stand on your two feet pretty much for these kinds of things yeah so Mm. like Mm -hmm. i another reason why i i really like this topic as well because is because remember um when i told you and one of one of our friends michelle um Mm -hmm. that i i wish i was i grew up poor Mm, yes yeah so this perfect example for the (laughs) listeners out there i used to have this this mindset because i grow up in a pretty um privileged family right my 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 dad's like i would say upper middle middle class mm-hmm. and growing up I, I would always have this mindset of oh if i didn't grow up in this house uh, this type of household um i would be under more stresses in my mm-hmm. life 
and mm-hmm. because I I grew up with more would grow up would grow up with more stresses, I would be become more resilient. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I used to hold that type of mindset, but I I I've grown to know it's that's not the right mindset to hold. Mm, I remember and, when Sam first told me about this mindset, and I actually did bond with you over this mindset because I it's not so. Yeah, well, similarly, but not so much um, what I grew up with, but it was more so that, like, I had the understanding because I knew that adversity was good for me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, not just adversity. I also, back then, I coined it as, like, suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, like, a number of years back, I would say, like, oh, I need to suffer more mm-hmm. so I can learn more. Grow. But it's, uh, yeah, learn more, but also kind of, like, thrive to learn more as well. It's the whole idea. I think I didn't quite think of it, uh, I guess, in a correct term because back then I was like, I need to suffer and hit rock bottom. And once I hit rock bottom, there's no way, nowhere else to go but up type mm. of thing. Um, so I think in theory there are, there are parts of what we both used to have in that, those kinds of mindsets that do make sense. It's the whole idea mm. that diversity is good for you. Challenges in life are good for you. Of course, you know, everyone will say, like, it's depending on whether you get through them. But, yes, it's the fact that you work through them, face them, and then continue to keep going, and eventually you'll overcome it, and then you learn from it. You understand yourself a bit more. You understand, like, what stresses you out, what doesn't stress you out, and things like that. I think, for me, the reason why anti-fragility really resonated with me is because I noticed quite early on is that, one, I'm affected by my environment a lot. Mm -hmm. So whether that's peers or like the classic examples like your schooling, um, how hard your school pushes you in terms of like um, education and grades and things like that, that affects me. Your peers and your circle group of friends, who studies, who doesn't type thing also affects me. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. But I learned quite early on in life uh, that I thrive under pressure. So I'm the kind of, learner where if i get thrown into the deep end i learn a lot faster i think it's also got to do with um fight flight response or something uh yeah fight fight response but as well it's 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 also that just under that immense pressure it's faster paced i think is probably Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things for me um don't really have i'm a patient but impatient person (laughs) i like things done at a very fast pace so I remember the, my first day of one of the jobs I had just out of high school. And it was just a retail job. But basically, normally you do like a few weeks of training, hear on how to use this system, how to, what the policies on this and things like that. Um, and then eventually, you know, you'll be able to serve your own customers and things like that. But no, my first day... I literally had to do a 10-hour shift and this was at a big, yeah, this was a big reputable department store in Australia and it was a VIP night. So, (laughs) so you're serving, you know, your your top tier customers who, you know, spend quite a bit of money and they obviously expect a certain level of uh, service and things like that. I did already have previous retail experience, which is also probably why they threw me into the deep end. but. Yes, I learned everything on the first day and I really thrived in it. So that's why I knew that I was just like, yes, 
under chaos, I can, I can thrive. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really, really resonated with this. Mm. And so ever since then, any time that I've had an opportunity to learn something very intensely or get thrown into the deep end, I would tell people, throw me into the deep end. I learn better that way. Because I think I'm also a lot more of a hands-on kind of practical kind of gal. So it's just, I, w- I will learn as I go and just continuously learn as I go. Yeah. I think that's everybody though. I think people just, generally people, everyone learns better on the job practically. Mm, I think people react differently to pressure. Yeah, it's like the speed that they learn is a different story. But I'm saying mm. if they themselves are the control and the 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 subject, let's say they're trying to learn, um, I don't know, a language. A language. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say two languages: Mandarin and uh, Spanish. Mm-hmm. They learn Mandarin just by re- just by reading and practicing words on their own each day, they'll learn slower mm. than like, let's say learning Spanish by speaking to someone every day. Mm. Right? But you have to note in that example is that even though those are two are by choice, it's, mm-hmm. that's, it's the whole, that, the practical element is the part that changes probably the most of it. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms to relate it back to antifragility in terms of stresses, mm. I think it would be a better example if, for example, you moved to a Spanish country yeah. and you did, no one else spoke anything. Because that's the same thing as how um, a lot of my friends actually learn languages. Mm-hmm. In the end, they found, like, for example, Chinese is one of very common languages that is um, learned nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's um, economically beneficial and everything mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. But my friends, instead of, you know, just doing your Duolingo or you're taking classes at home and things like that, or just classes locally, they would go over to China and live there and, tend to, and live there without too much of, well, I think they'll come, go over with a basic knowledge, but pretty much go to a town or somewhere that just doesn't speak any English so that you are literally forced to learn and adapt. Because mm. otherwise, if you can't speak Chinese or learn how to swim, yeah. yeah, sink or swim, fight or flight, and if you don't, if you don't learn a language, you can't go figure out where to live. You can't figure out what to eat. You can't figure out how to get to places. Your livelihood it's, depends on literally. on saying on saying <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, legit. So. Exactly, and it's the same with any other country. It's, uh, but of course, you know, English is such a well well spoken language around the world that we probably can get away with a bit more. But yeah, hundred percent. I think when I want to seriously, or for languages especially, when I want to seriously learn something, I'll probably that's what I'll do. I'll mm. I'll go live in a certain country in that speak that language entirely bit, yeah that sounds very scary but yeah it does but I guess that's how you honestly how you grow yeah yeah but i wouldn't say that everyone does well in it because i definitely do recognize you know some people are much better learners in a very paced or in a very mm-hmm. controlled environment mm-hmm. um like some people would never ever like go to a country without learning their language like think about moving to another country without being fluent in it. I yep. think um, because it's just too stressful for them, and then again they just back out and come home. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Um, that 
theory. I wouldn't say theory, but that that thing we we used to say with Michelle, it's how full your cup is, and how, I mean how big your cup is. If you have a big cup, you can have pour a lot of water in it and it won't spill. So the what water in this context is is the stress. You can have a lot of stress and you still won't break break apart. But people who have a small cup, only a bit of stress will. Should be too that, much. Yeah, it will be too much. So mm. it goes so back to the yeah. proximal development thing. Mm. We have to understand where our what our range is and mm-hmm. try to push ourselves a bit more every mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I think that's also the way. I think society has built a lot of the education and training systems that way. Mm. It's like a very step by step, bit by bit. And I think, yeah, I think there's less room for. Uh, I guess education or training error. You know, you kind of do bit by bit, and you work module by module type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for certain contexts of learning, that is more applicable. Like, um, for example, like really heavy training material on a piece of software, or like cloud training things mm-hmm. like that. Those kinds of things, yes, you do need to know bit by bit because it's like. Quite、It's、dense. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite dense in the quantity and quality of information. But yeah, I really, really, <laughs> as soon as I found out about this concept, I was like, "Wow, me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When um, I did a yeah, I did a bit bit of reading and like listening to podcasts and watching view videos, and yeah, it was really, really interesting. Mm. Um, I I was thinking of try, um re- buying the books to read,、mm. but I've I don't know if I'll get still get value from it because you've learned all the concepts on it. <laughs> yeah, the main th- I've gotten the main things out of out of it. So、mm-hmm. I'm I would imagine like the books would just be examples just to reemphasize all the points, right? And make it、True. stick to make make it stick. So、mm. I'll I'll think about it. We'll see. Probably there are like the nuances inside、mm. of the book or、yeah. the way that it's explained、um, that do probably click a bit more.、Mm-hmm. I think another thing that that、um, he talks about is that、um, highlighting the concept of time and the importance of it, and、mm. pretty much that that things that stand the test of time are anti fragile because、mm. they have survived through the stresses of random events or impacts over the longest periods of time.、Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting because it's kind of like as well. It's it's pretty much a life story. It's the number of challenges that you go through and everything, and the fact that if you are improving and getting better every single time, you're anti fragile. And I think、yeah. that's a wonderful concept. I think it's a fantastic、yeah. concept.、Uh, I definitely hope it gets picked up a little bit more. I can definitely see it as probably. I think his examples in the way that he coined a theory are probably a bit more on the extreme side, but、mm. it's kind of like bigger risk, bigger reward type thing, bigger adversity,、yep. and then if you overcome the bigger adversity, the bigger the reward.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I do hope that this concept gets picked up a bit more. I do. I can see it as the next like amped up growth mindset. So I think I think it just has to be a bit more marketable. Probably, I think so too. The marketing has to be like tweaked a bit, then maybe it'll blow up. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. But yeah,、oh. I really like that concept. Um, I'm gonna try to be more anti-fragile 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is the question. So how how are you going to try and be like use this concept and try and be more anti fragile in your day to day life, or maybe not day to day life, I guess mm. maybe because you need a, an exceptional stressor, but taking the concepts and adding a little bit more stress into your life, what would you? What it, what changes would you make? Very good question. Mm. Mm. This is very well, uncuff, by the way, guys. Yeah, Lies. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, the immediately what I think of is what I I have been doing is taking cold showers. Mm. So okay. I think that's that's been helping my moods. I've been taking cold showers um, for about two months now. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't like fully take cold shower. I start I start hot, then I transition cold, and mm. I end I end like, end it with freezing. So <laughs> I see I, cold. Yeah, I think my moods is has been better. I I think Interesting. it has. I think it has. Um, my appetite's a bit better. So I don't know if this is just a like a cycle that it's just it just happened coincidence. Coincidental. Yeah. It just happened to be like that, but not sure whether it's correlated. Then yeah, but mm. I've read enough to say um, to a, a lot of articles say it. There's a lot of um, benefits for your your mood, but at least like at least if, if it helps my skin, I, I'll be happy with it. It just helps <laughs> anything. I don't care. Yeah. Is there any benefit in me putting myself through a culture? Yeah, <laughs> and no, even I... if that doesn't help. I'm pretty sure having hot showers, it, you, you need you need more electricity, right? So <laughs> at the end of the this, day, this I know I saved, benefit. <laughs> I saved a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? How about you, Flo? Anti-fragility. How else? Because I've been through quite a number of, I guess, stressful events in my life already. So I can, I can already tell that like I do. Especially the past few, past year. Yes, definitely in the past year. Um, so I can already tell that, like, I do have the the anti fragility mindset, or just that bounce back extra muscle type thing. Mm -hmm. um, but what am I going to do to challenge myself next? I think probably right now it's um, pushing myself really in in terms of my my capacity at the moment mm -hmm. um sam knows but pretty much i like to keep myself very 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 busy at the moment and it's been extra extra fulfilling for me um but i can definitely i'm starting to feel a little bit time poor or just mm. feeling the effects of that so it's it's juggling multiple things happening at multiple times um simultaneously so just taking on a bit more and bit more and bit more Actually, it was, let's be real. It's not really a bit more. I've just taken off a lot, especially in September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I'm also a very like, intense kind of person. When I want to do something, I'll just do it all in one go, which is pretty much you know, the whole anti-fragility mindset. So, for example... Already living the life. <laughs> already living the life. Um, in August, one of my priorities was to having a look at... Um, what I call just like side projects and things like that. Mm -hmm. So different ways to push my mindset, push my growth, push my creativity and things like that. So it's picking up, picking up this podcast, for example, um, 
just doing it uh, was also proof. This is proof, you know, just putting <laughs> yourself out there and just getting it done. Um, yep. But also, I'm also in development of a card game with a, um, a fellow Stay friend. tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I hope you guys like it. It's going to be the first of many. Um, what else? There are a couple of th things that I, I do also want to do. It's like um, I want to write a piece on gamification in productivity, which is something that I've... Foreshadowing. <laughs> I've um I've been particularly passionate about because I that's how I kind of com com compartmentalize my brain in a sense of how do I get tasks done and things like that. Sometimes I'll try and gamify it in my head. Uh, what else did I want to do? Oh, I also wanted I want to try and build a, a Instagram filter for a couple of my friends' businesses, um, just because it's it's a it's something that everyone has, is using on a day to day basis, but it's kind of funny if you think about it. Technically, it's AR technology, right? But mm -hmm. only in, it's only propped up in the last few years. I actually don't know when filters started coming up. But it's just become an absolute social media norm now. Mm. And also seeing how businesses are getting more and more creative with it. It's kind of like what made Snapchat take off. But also at the same time, True. I think it's also Snapchat's downfall because in the end um when instagram picked up the filter game their filter game it's way better yeah or personally i guess i can't say too many people but i mean the statistics are there so it'll be interesting i just wanted to be able to one be able to say that i can make something um but it's also a practical skill yeah and there's like there's i keep getting more and more ideas i don't know why it's like just doesn't stop. It's like, why was I ever bored before type thing? So there's so much to do in such little time. So that's what I mean by adding more and more things on my plate. So it's kind of adding more of the stress of juggling multiple things and multiple projects along with full-time working altogether. And so we're going to see how that pans out for me. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned. But I think that's it for now. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed this this session. I particularly really enjoyed mm -hmm. this session as well. It was really good. I really like talking about, about anti-fragility. Really interesting topic. Everyone should look into it. Yeah, hopefully everyone can also add a little bit of anti-fragility concept and mindset to their lives as well. Mm -hmm. That's it for now. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. See ya.